Hello, everybody, and good morning. Welcome to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are presented today by our friends at El Barrito Mercado, who they are open. They have the corn out on the patio. It was, yeah, Wednesday. I went into work, and I was just finishing up our last little bits of things. It was a ghost town, man. I mean, it was... There was barely anybody downtown. Everybody was already up at the lake, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's... No lines at Chipotle. No lines at the coffee shop. It's great. I will say that I'm getting used to the sound of firecrackers at night reverberating yeah. across the lake. Yep. Um, yeah, just annoying. I hate firecrackers. Do you? Yeah, like, I don't mind the fireworks shows, but yeah. people that they're going to be that family... And I'm sure some of you listening are that family. Well, and I'm the person sitting across from you second. is that family. So, <laughs> well, you have a boy, and Ellie always liked the fireworks too. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a weird statement. You have a boy. <laughs> Boys like fire. They do. So do girls. I totally am the one who drives the whole firework obsession for my house. You are. You're a boy. I'm not a fluffy kitten girl. That's no. for sure. That. But I have. T- this was actually the first year that we did not set off our Wisconsin grade fireworks. Okay. We, didn't, we couldn't get to Wisconsin soon enough and i'm sorry but we refuse to do showers of sparks as fireworks <laughs> sorry minnesota get in the game this is not a firework they say they might the fountain the pretty fountains no after one you're like okay thank you next no so we didn't have our reserve of bottle rockets like we normally do and we just sort of um so we have a little late summer party planned to kind okay. of make up for it to get all your fire on yeah mm-hmm and they're two for ones anyway after the fourth. <laughs> so that's how I felt about plants because we were gone the whole like planting season. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I have no pots planted up at the cabin, but I got everything like 50% off. So I was yes. like, this is great. Oh, gosh. I tell you, Jake is working at Otten Brothers today and they literally, he called me one day last week. He was like, yeah, well, they're going to get rid of this hydrangea. Do you want it? We're, I'm supposed to compost it, but I think it's fine. <laughs> I totally had a rescue hydrangea <laughs> moment where like, I was like, yeah, I'll take that and actually ended up giving it to a friend at a, at a housewarming party <laughs> okay that's hilarious you i gave him an hydrated the hydrangea that the was destined for the compost pile nice <laughs> he planted it too it was great i told them it was a rescue hydrangea i did say to be clear that's hilarious i know it was really fun. I did bring him other things, too. So we're good. You had a pretty epic Fourth uh, <sighs> of July party, it looked like. I didn't, and that's the best part. It wasn't. It wasn't more than, like, six people. But you had a table full of food. You had sausages. I should have known it was at your house, because I saw the sausages, and I thought, huh, that's interesting. Sausages. Why is that interesting? I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's like, a straight, like, most people grilled hot dogs on yeah, the Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, huh. I bet. I just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that was What my else own. did you have besides sausages? Uh, we did, so we just did a, I just kind of decided that we were just going to, it was a last minute throwdown. I'm not kidding you. I don't have air conditioning. We all know I've talked about this many times. And so because of that, I don't want to have 50 people in my house. Yeah. It would be gross. So if it's raining, we have to say, forget it. So this year, and I feel like I'm always planning a party and then seeing that it's going to rain and then I cancel the party and then it's a great day. So this year I decided to not have a big party and then wait and see what happened. And then the morning of woke up and I was like, Okay, this is good. We're going to do this, even if it showers a little bit. And so we did it. And so I threw together and I got six people to come over and it was great. And we ended up just doing, because I think that there shouldn't be like a meal and then a bunch of sides. I feel like you should like, like a main and a bunch of sides. I feel like it should be a big smorgasbord of like, pick this, have a little of that. If you want some of this, go if you don't, you know. And so I, we did sausages. We grilled three different kinds of sausages. We did, um... I had 
I did have a flank steak that I had mar- been marinating in soy, and I did a quick sear on that on both sides and sliced it up. I had like one little pack of shrimp that I threw on the table, and then we did <laughs> potato salads. This There's sad a- shrimp pack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it was pasta salad and, you know... Uh, God, I don't even remember. Can I ask? Broccoli salad, Meyers broccoli salad, which is astounding. I do love a good broccoli oh, salad. With cashews and everything else. Oh, what else is in it? Oh, it's so good. She has it up on her fresh tart stuff. Okay, we'll find it. Yeah, because it's, you know, that Minnesota broccoli salad that's a little bit, sometimes yeah, it's creamy mayonnaise-y. and sweet. This one is not. There's zero mayonnaise in it. It's like light, but it still carries that sweetness. It's got like craisins, I think, in it. Ooh. If she's listening, she's probably texting I us, like that. But. Sweet and tangy broccoli salad. Yeah. I've got it right yeah, here. Yeah, so good. And then, you know, Elisa showed up with a classic pasta salad with peas. You got to have that bow ties. And then, um, and then we just had so much wine that it was ridiculous. <laughs> that was really the main condiment of the night was pink wine. Oh my God. I think between the six of us and poor Jake must have drank like 16 frescas while we were at it. But there was like, I, I can't even, I don't even know how many giant like Jeroboam's of rosé that we went through. I like it. Yeah, it was good. I like it. Yeah. So how about you? What did you guys do? I'm still like, I don't know. I've got allergies you or something. Do. There's all this pollen in the lake. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about my menu in the second hour. Oh, because okay. I made some stuff oh, that okay. I thought would be good. Um, I'm, I'm having the uh, old folks boogie <laughs> summer. <laughs> With my mother-in-law, who's 86 and lovely. Do you feel like you're lovely. projecting forward? Like you've gotten like cracked into like your future vision? Yes, Stephanie. And that's I do. terrifying. And it's a little disturbing. <laughs> my my husband is 10 years older than me, and he is retired and had retired early. Yeah. So, yeah, I am feeling a little like, huh, this is all new territory for me. Yeah. So my mother-in-law is 86 and is lovely, <clears throat> really gets around and not a problem. Right. But she is 86. Yeah. I was telling Steph, I came around the corner the other day and I heard her at the computer desk in our cabin going, tech support, tech support. Is she yelling it into the phone? Yes. Okay, great. And then she probably didn't have her hearing aids in. Yeah. So I'm like, what is she doing? She was talking to her weekly call with the Apple tech support. Tech support. Wow. Which is a weekly occurrence apparently between the phone, the iPad and the Mac. And that she can even do all of this is pretty astounding, actually. Yeah. I don't mean to be ageist, but so our 4th of July, which used to be sort of the parade into the games and the sack yeah. races yeah. and then the going back to the cabin and having the big meal with friends and then the fireworks at 10 o'clock was um, an 86-year-old, an 80-year-old, an 85-year-old, and me and Kurt... <laughs> And we did go to the parade at one o'clock and uh, enjoyed that immensely. Those small town Ely parade is fantastic. Yes. So we watched that, had a couple of to-goes and then, um, yeah, cooked pretty much all day and had the old folks boogie 4th of July. By nine o'clock, I was in the cabin (laughs) watching The Handmaid's Tale (laughs) and literally at 1030, I'm like, what is all that noise? And I take my headphones off and I'm like, Kurt, what is that noise? Because he's on his own computer watching something else. We're not even watching together. No, We're in our own cocoons of whatever. And he's like, well, oh yeah, it's 4th of July. Those are the fireworks. That's the town fireworks. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, wait. I didn't even drink too much. No, you didn't? I didn't. No. Okay, so here's the thing. Let's take a moment to be grateful for the fact that at least it's not slipping backwards. At least it's not like he's having a midlife crisis at this point and is like, like, you know, running around buying Ferraris and, you know. he's buying vans. And Okay, yeah. (laughs) 1972 Dodge Explorer vans, which I've got an update on that in the second hour as well. But I mean, he's not like, you know, dressing in tight pants and like trying to, you know, sit at the town bar. In fact, I was... This is good. I was like, do you have any pants that aren't completely stained? (laughs) He was like, what do you mean? These shorts aren't too bad. Like, no no offense to painters, but you look like a painter. And are these last summer we bought him two pairs of clean shorts to have like for when we go out. It's for working. It's like he's he's always working on something up there. He's constantly got paint or sap or yeah, oil or something. something. He's always fixing a boat, a machine, whatever. So yeah, we're out of clean shorts. So that's also to, a trip today. You need to do the painter the... thing to get him the white shorts, and then you just bleach him. I don't know what to do with him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have some shirt. I brought some clean shirts. Yeah. I was like, okay, those old shirts. I'm taking those home with me because he's just up there, and he just wears the same clothes, and he washes them. But yeah. at some point, but that's everything's okay. just filthy. Maybe one a year. Maybe you cycle it through a year. Yes. Okay. So that was my 4th of July So you're stuff. aging up. All right. Well yep. done, you. Yep. A little worried about you. <laughs> we've got some good topics, though. Yeah, we've got a great show today, you guys. We are going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk a little bit about the 80s. And I want to point you over to the Facebook page, because, of course, yesterday in town, it was a little rainy here. Was it rainy up north yesterday? No, it's okay. been beautiful for days. We had sort of a full day of just low-pressure gray sky, blah. And I was fine with that, because that allowed me, that gave me the permission to sit on my couch for yes, the entire that day, day is the best and watch the entire new season of Stranger Things. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Right, but we're, I just want you to know that there is a question on the Facebook page. I want you to go over there. What was your favorite food and drink of the 80s? Okay, so good go one. So go answer. All right, uh, when we come back, I'm going to tell you what I actually cooked for the 4th of July and give you a few recipe ideas. When we come back, you're listening to The Weekly Dish, sponsored by El Burrito Mercado in Minneapolis, where they have the restaurant and cantina, and in St. Paul, where they have the restaurant and the grocery store. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Steph March. This is the 4th of July post-mortem, the recap, as it were. Um, it, it was a good weather day up north and it's always fun to watch the 4th of July parades. Um, the parade in Ely is a pretty big parade and people come from like three or four towns away. There were a couple of notable things that I just want to share with you. Yeah. One was the, uh, crapola truck, which is the local granola that's made in Ely. Yep. They throw out bags of granola. Yes. They're smaller um, same size, but like probably have three ounces instead of eight or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, people, first of all, people started lining their chairs on the street two days before the parade started. It's not that hard to get a seat. Wow. <laughs> people were very, this very like, serious about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when the crapola truck came by, I didn't catch one fast enough because all the little kids with their bags, there's so much candy. Oh my gosh. So much candy. The local grocery store, which is Zups, which has stores in some of the other small towns up there, always is known for just throwing massive amounts of candy. Yeah. And they always have something good. So this year it was like pixie sticks. Oh. And a giant throwing giant pixie sticks can kind of be like weapons. Yes. Those are <laughs> lightsabers in the making. Yeah. So I did actually, Kurt loves a good pixie stick. So I ran out and got one for him. And then we met this little girl 
the day before the parade and we were talking to her by our boat and she was telling us about going to the parade. She said, well, you know, you can get underpants. And I was looking at her. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, the, the Zups, they throw underpants. And sure enough, as the grocery store float came by, I happened to snag a pair of plus size Fruit of the Looms that I was like, oh, I think these will fit. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, they throw bags they throw of underpants. Underwear? Yep. So I grabbed one of those. Like, <laughs> in the package. But like, a four pack? Kids or ladies? Or ladies. Men's? Any men's? No. No, just, just a ladies girls. four pack. That's disturbing. <laughs> it's disturbing, actually. So I got a four pack of underwear. And I had like my little um, wallet purse, you know, so I'm walking around town with my pack of underwear that I got in the parade. I don't know what to do with that. Pixie sticks and underwear. Yep. So there was that. And it's not like like a band where they're throwing lacy underwear. You're saying they're throwing out granny panties. Packets of them. Packets of granny panties. <laughs> At least they're in the packet. And are they just you saying it like that? The granny panties. The granny panties. It's funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was the... One of the highlights of the parade, I yeah. think. It's always just fun. So then um, I started the day. I My husband loves ribs. We make ribs a lot. Okay. And ribs are great. I just don't, like, for every single event, I don't want to have ribs all the time. No. I want to do something else. Yeah. So we really struggled. Because when I got there last Saturday night, they had ribs and potato salad. And I was like, um... Was this the 4th of July yeah, meal that uh, we're eating? Because it's in a couple days. Yes. And they weren't even thinking about it. No. Him and his mom. So I was like, okay, well, we just had our 4th of July meal, so we're going to have to come up with something else. So we talked about, you know, should we do steak? And I had done a flank steak, and this is kind of random, but flank steaks just suck. Mine was okay. Why was yours good, and mine was bad, and what I marinated yours? it for eight hours Whoa. in chili adobo. Okay. How long did you cook it? Did you grill it? Yes. It only needs to be grilled like for three minutes on each side. I felt like it was medium rare. It just was so tough. Oh. And I spent the entire day like marinating it and making all the sides for sort of a carne asada kind of thing. It wasn't good. Oh. It was the meat was tough. Everyone was like, oh, well, it tastes good. Wait, what did you marinate it? So you, what did what was in your marinade? Um, Worcestershire oil and carne asada adobo, two peppers, and some sauce. Was there acid in there? No. Like, that's you need Was worse is Worcestershire acid? I, I don't know. know. It's if got it is or sauce. Not. Yeah. Anchovy sauce. I don't know. I would add a little bit more next time to help break it down because yeah. that's what it's doing. It's not breaking down enough. Yeah. I would was... throw a little bit lemon juice in there. I mean, okay. I put in mine it was soy, lemon juice, garlic, you know, I and think how long did you marinate and it? hot sauce for only like 2 hours, 3 hours? Okay. So All right. I think that's that was an aside, but Yeah. Okay. So that was sort of a failed meal. Okay. Um so we decided to do fried chicken. Yeah. And we could make the oil on the grill so that it wasn't so like smoking up and heating up the house. Mm-hmm. So I remembered that we had learned how to break down a chicken. I had a lot of like, I'm going to be a big girl moments this week. Yeah, sounds like it. Kurt bought a whole chicken uh-huh. and then I had some extra thighs and he was doing something. And I was like, I can do this. So I boned so the chicken. You boned it? Or yeah. you broke it down? I broke it down. Okay. Like they showed us at the class at the Good Good Acre. Yeah. There were weird, like some kind of weird bones that I hadn't just, so I was cutting a little and 
to be candid, by the time we got done, some of the pieces, the skin was like all crumpled up laying aside it because I didn't cut yeah. where I was supposed to cut. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now I have like fried chicken pieces. But that they, somewhat... you still had the bones in the chicken. Yes. Okay. The I didn't debone the okay. whole thing. Okay. I took out the backbone and I cut it into the eight pieces. Got it. And by the time I got done, I was glad nobody was looking at it because it was kind of a mess. Okay. And then I put it all in the buttermilk. So okay. I was like, okay, no one will have to look at this. Right, right, right. Then there's the, do you double dip? Do you dip once? I had the buttermilk. I was supposed to sit in there for eight hours or less. So I basically had it in the buttermilk all day. Do you have an opinion on whether you double dip or dip once? I don't have an opinion on that. Okay. So Ina Garten, who's my go-to on just plain classic American food, has two recipes. One is the Shake Shack recipe where she double dips. But it required like garlic salt and jalapeno and all these things I didn't have. But that's only just for seasoning. That's not necessarily about the double dipping. It was also it's um they're they're boneless tenders oh. is kind of more oh, that it's for tenders and they fry them and then she finishes them by baking them and everybody says that recipe is incredible but I've never done it okay so I was like okay I can't do that though because I've already got all this mutilated chicken you just need a straight up butter <laughs> buttermilk yeah. fry so we I took it out of the buttermilk we dunked it in flour salt pepper I did have some paprika in there and we fried it. Yeah. And then it's 350 on the oil. My husband kept opening up the grill lid. Okay. And I was going to say, you're doing this outside, right? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, stop, because it's not browning. So. Wait, how can you describe your fry situation? Because yes. I'm, I'm having a hard time. A big um, pot with a basket that's like six inches high sides. Okay. And it's on the grill. Okay, so you have the heat from the grill firing the, the pot yep. and the oil. And I got and a you have a basket thing in there. that you can drop in and pull out of yes. this oil. Okay, yes. okay. So you're and not just fully... Okay. Nope. So I'm feeling like this is going to work. Okay. I don't even know what the basket was for. I think it was for seafood for some other well, thing. Well, yeah. But, yeah, great. So I'm like, this is going to work. It The recipe and this, I know now, the chicken gets brown, but it's not like crispy f- looking brown. Because you then bake it for 30 minutes. So it. what I liked about the recipe was we could fry all the chicken, have our guests come while the chicken is finishing in the oven. And so we're not standing there frying and then serving them right away. We can have a drink or whatever. So this recipe works great, Ina Gardens. But I was anxious because it didn't look super, it was brownish, like caramel colored, but not like, you know, dark brown. Yeah. So then it goes in the oven and then it does crisp up even more in the oven. So it was delicious. Okay. But it was looking like a total fail as we started this procedure. And as I'm standing there micromanaging Kurt, he's getting frustrated because I'm like, don't overcook it. We can't overcook it. He's like, we've got to continue browning. It's not brown. (laughs) So I think your oil isn't hot enough, though. Yeah, because he kept lifting up the lid. So that was the moral of the story. Why is there a lid? You shouldn't be lidding. This is the other thing, though. You shouldn't be litting oil. I don't think that the grill... No, not the pot with the oil, but the grill top. I hear what you're saying. Because you've got to keep the grill hot enough. But you, So you, it wasn't just the flames weren't keeping it hot enough. Right. Okay. So we had the grill covered. Got it. To keep the heat in. But then every time he checked it... Right. But you also... Yeah, you shouldn't... Things with like bubbling oil shouldn't be litted. You know that, right? No. Yeah, no, that's because of flare-ups and then... Dripping and then fire. Oh, there, no. There's a potential there for some pretty okay. scary things. Good to know. Yeah, so let's we didn't not have a, do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a fire, but we got our fried chicken. Yeah. Um, so, okay. yeah, I had fried chicken. Okay. I had macaroni and cheese. 
Oh, yeah. My mom always has that recipe. We had a buttermilk coleslaw. We had dilled cucumber slices that, that were good. That sounds delicious. I made watermelon uh, mojitos. Yeah. That were fantastic. My, I, I'm so crazy about the blueberry gin and tonics. I can't yes, even you tell are. you. I can, I know. One thing of gin, one thing of uh, the blueberry vodka from Tattersall, a sprig of thyme, a sprig of rosemary. My guests were like, what is this? Yeah. I was like, it's so easy. It's ridiculous. That's Um, good. Yeah. And then I made these drop biscuits. Yeah. We made a cherry pie, but, but the day before I made these drop biscuits. Yeah. Joy of cooking. I was never good at like making and rolling things. Yeah. So I, I would just do the stir it up, kind of almost yeah. like Bisquick, where they're just shaggy looking. Yes. And they're full of just hunks of butter. Yeah. And then you slice them and serve them. I had strawberry and rhubarb, cop, rhubarb compote. It was delicious. Oh, that is delicious. So that's how we ended up. Okay. Cherry pie. It was good, but it, and it wasn't ribs, so that's good. But maybe <laughs> next time we will keep the lid off the grill. Yeah. I think you need hot, hot oil to get that like super sear. You know what I mean? And get it like, and then every, how many pieces you did? Eight? Did you put them all in at once? He put six in at a time. We ended up having about 12. Okay. Because it, it didn't matter that the skin was not adhering in no. all the right places. By the time it was all done, yeah. it was good. And I'm just thinking also, because when you put food in, it lowers the temp again. Yes. So and that, we did acknowledge thing. that. Okay. But okay. do you think the oil would stay hot enough without the lid on the grill? Well, I, I don't know. Your grill is, you know what I mean? Like if it's super hot, it's like, it's, if, the temp is trying to get the oil to a temp. Like it sits. Is it any different than your stove? You know what no, I mean? No, you're right. So like, I don't Didn't that's even what think I'm, about that. It's yeah. like you have to just wait for it to get to the right temp. Like it's going to continue heating it until it hits the right. Temp. You're totally right. So you just went in too soon. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's no different. No than different oven. than your oven. Than anyway, your stovetop. That was the fried chicken. Thanks I do have the recipe for the mojito, the fried chicken, the Shake Shack, Ina Garten fried chicken and the quick drop biscuits. Putting them on the Facebook page if you want to replicate any of those recipes. I'd highly recommend it. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. Hopefully you are either on the lake or not going on the lake. Apparently, it is a gorgeous, going to be a top-notch day today, guys. I mean, like, we're talking top-notch. So open your windows because the AC does not need to be kicking. That's just a personal (laughs) <laughs> You're living without it. I am. Well, I actually have the window units cranked, you know, and so it's like, I'm just sick of the noise and I like fresh air. I like real Minnesota summer air. I Even s- if it's tinged with humidity, I like it. I will say being up at the lake, my husband has a fan and I was like, can you just please turn that off? Like, I yeah. want to hear the loons. I want to hear the buggies. Nope. I want to hear the little rabbit right. or the froggies. Going, rawr, 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 rawr. Rawr. I want to hear who cooks for you. Yeah. Who cooks for you. Yeah. No, I know it. It's like it's, but Good then, sounds. but it's it's hard when you have the white noise need. <laughs> There's people who have that need. <laughs> That's him. So let's talk about something we've been talking about a lot lately, actually. But I got a couple messages, and I thought let's just really dive into how you make ice cream at home. Yes, because and I'm warning you right now. If you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I miss that. I really want that recipe for the base. I'm about to give it to you in a few minutes. I'm going to give you the warning to get a pencil and a pen ready if you can or hit record. Somehow you need to hear this. I'm just going to talk through the base. I will post it later, but because it's better than having the napkin that I wrote it on for which hand. is still yeah. in my yeah. three ring binder. Right. But um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about it because I've been making ice cream. I made basil ice cream for the fourth. I have not made your your black licorice ice cream yet because I still haven't found black licorice pieces that I feel are good enough for that and i will say that our friend the nordic food geek 
Yes. Sent Patrice. me a recipe, Patrice Johnson. She posted it for us. I, or you posted it, but she sent it to yeah, us. Yeah, she did. So that is on the Weekly Dish Facebook page if you heard us talking about the black licorice ice cream last week. Right. And Bridgman's heard us talking about it last week, and they're like, it's out, it's yeah, out. Yeah. So I've got the locations if anyone needs that. So, But I wanted to talk specifically about making it at home because it is really simple to make ice cream at home. And it's one of those things that I often grab... Um, <clears throat> the last, if I know that I have milk and cream in the house and then I think I, there's so many things you can do with that. There's so many ways you can flavor it. There's so many, you know, things to choose, um, to make flavored ice cream, however you want. But there are some tips and tricks I wanted to give out because there's a lot of things that can go wrong too. Yes. I've so, had total custard. Yeah. You what? I've had custard where yeah. it never froze. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And so I just, first of all, whether you're doing this in, you know, we have these huge compressor, uh, Cuisinart ice making machines, ice cream making machines, which are, I mean, it's heavy, it's huge, it's awesome. And it's just like you turn it on and it freezes itself. But this doesn't mean that you can't also use this with the ones that have the bowls that you set in the freezer and then you take them out and you put it, put it with your machine or even those little rock salt balls and the rolling. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And those can work, too. It just is it's there's some tips and tricks that'll help you understand a little bit about this. OK, so ready. I'm about to give you the basic ice cream base or batter. Sometimes it's called recipe. It's six egg yolks, one cup sugar. OK, that's your first part. Then it's one cup milk and one cup cream. That's it. Okay, six egg yolks, one, one cup, cup sugar. sugar. Are you writing this down right now? Yes, just because I know someone's going to be like, I, I forgot know. it. One, one cup sugar. One cup whole milk in my mind and one cup cream. Okay. So what you're going to do, it's a two-part process, and you're going to do combining. First of all, you take your egg yolks and you whip them with the sugar. And you whisk them in a bowl, a shallow, you know, like a metal bowl or whatever. You whisk them until they are pale yellow. Okay. Meanwhile, over on the stove, you have your liquids kind of warming, not burning, but warming on the stove in a saucepan. What you're going to do is then you have to temper it together. Do you know what that means? It means Um, mix it. Mix it, but slowly. What you want to do is you want to take your warmed, not boiling, not super hot milk mixture, and you want to put a couple tablespoons into the egg mixture and whisk it around. And then you want to stream a couple more tablespoons and whisk it around. What you're doing is you're creating a temperature base that is not going to scramble those eggs because you are putting a hot into that cold. So then you kind of keep going and you keep whisking and streaming slowly to combine them. Then you put that entire mix back into the pot, into the saucepan, and then you put it on medium heat and you whisk it. You continually whisk it on the stove or stir it until it thickens a little bit more. And and that's an eyeball thing. And and otherwise, if you want to think about it, you should dip a wooden spoon in. And when you pull it out, it should be coated on the back. When that happens, you know that you have custard. Okay. Okay. Now you take this from the saucepan and you pour it into a fresh bowl. That is cool, and you let it sit there. Okay, now here's where we're going to talk about things. This is where we screwed up. This is where things go wrong, okay? A couple of things. One, what happens when you get a lot of people, you need to let that mixture cool. In fact... We didn't let it cool enough. You can't let it cool enough. And that's the problem, is you couldn't form ice crystals. That's right. Because then we put it in the thing, and it quickly dethawed the bowl. Yep. Yep. So what you need to do is, no matter what you're doing, that 
we call it the batter, the ice cream base or batter, has to be cold. It should be cold. And that's because you also want to introduce it into a cold object, either the bowl or the maker. And because those ice crystals need to sort of start to aerate and and scrape into the mixture. So if you have two cold things and put them together... That's going to be your best outcome. So do you leave the custard at room temperature to cool or do you put it in the refrigerator to cool? I have done both. I have done where, but I put it in the refrigerator almost okay. always. I, in fact, I, I sometimes transfer it to a, to like a big jar and stick the jar in the, okay. so that I can pick it up and stir it around and shake it and put it back in and pick it up and shake it a little bit just to make sure that it's, it. you know, all kind of gelling. Um, <clears throat> and then. So that's the first thing. The second thing is anything that you want to flavor your ice cream with, if you want to put in a vanilla bean pod, if you want to put in basil, if you want to put in everything like that, you want to put that into the custard while it's chilling. If you put it in before while it's cooking, it's gonna you're gonna lose some of that flavor later, but it's gonna have a brighter, you know, flavor if it's in that custard while it's chilling. So the while it's chilling, while it's still warm, that's when I threw in a whole bunch of chopped basil leaves and I let it sit there. The only thing that I would say would be different is if you're doing a vanilla bean pod, you can put that in with the milk while it's warming. Okay. Okay. So those are a couple things. Now, one of the main things that people do uh, that they are sad about, this is this is a pretty good tip that I learned from, um, uh, gosh, where was it? I don't even know what book it was, but I read about it. And it's uh, to the fact that uh, when you get that, when after you get your ice cream mix in your jars or whatever in your, in your freezer, how... Later that day, it's like, it's like if you, the next day, it's like super hard. It's not creamy. It's uh-huh. kind of crystally and flaky. Well, that has to do a lot with water, the way it's freezing and the ice. Um, you know, because milk is 90% water, heavy cream is 60% water. And when you're freezing it, you know, too much water will freeze into those crystals. So if here's a great idea, and I've learned this and I haven't done it this year, but I did it a couple years ago. It's skim milk powder. So you add skim milk, like dried milk, and you add that skim milk powder before you heat and before the egg yolks happen so you add it with, with your, the sugar with your milk base no with your milk oh, okay. milk and cream and then you just throw in a half cup of skim milk powder and you stir it around and make sure it dissolves and there's no lumps left and that's going to help absorb that water excess when you're freezing so then it will stay like more soft serve not soft serve but more like you yeah know, like scoopable when you scoop at the ice cream shop mine are mine if i don't do that it gets like icy yeah you know what i mean and so that's a difference. That'll help a lot. Oh, okay. So that's a super good tip. Um, the other thing is, you guys, if you are planning... Half cup. Uh, you, I know. Well, I guess that's a half cup. Yeah, half a cup. Half cup skim milk powder. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's that's my estimation from that base. But Okay. Okay. Um, so here's... Let's talk about your mix-ins. Because here's another fail that I often am very, very... I have a problem with it <laughs> because I get eager and I want to put my mix-ins right. I want to be like, okay, it's almost frozen. Let's get them in there. You have to wait till it's almost completely frozen. If you want to put in like, like chocolate chips or anything like that. And you got to remember the reason that in your ice cream, they're flex of things and not like giant, you know, things is because they, they sink. <laughs> and so if your mixture is at all still a little bit like runny, like almost like soft serve, like it has to almost be totally frozen before you put your mix-ins in. Okay. Because otherwise, and and it helps them, and that's including like strawberry chunks or chocolate candy bar bits or whatever. And if those are chilled, it'll be better. It'll it'll hold even just chilled in the fridge for a little while. So it's like when you put the blueberries in the blueberry batter, and they sink. Yeah. yeah but they're better if you put a little flour on them first. Gives oh. it something to grab. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. That's okay. a good tip too. 
So there you go, you guys. That is kind of our quick uh, ice cream 101, making your ice cream um, as that goes. Remember, chilling everything, being patient and making your batter cold and using your mix-ins wisely. And also use great ingredients. Here's the deal. Do not use half and half. Go for full fat. Like that's going to be better anyway. Fat is fat. Fat P-H-A-T. Fat is fat. (laughs) There you go. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. And when we come back, we are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So feel free to give us a call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. 651-641-1071. Thanks to Alberto Mercado, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Patio's open for sponsoring this segment. Um, we've got Chris on the line. Hi, Chris. Did you have a question for us about ice cream today? Yeah, actually, I have two now that I think about it. <laughs> um, you guys inspired me to make a coconut Thai basil ice cream. Yes. Yum. Yeah. So I would use coconut milk. Would I use that in place of the milk or in place of the cream? I think I would do it in place of the... Uh, how much? I don't even know about the fatty content of coconut milk. How do you know what the con- fatty? It's what? It's pretty, it's pretty fatty. Okay, so then I, I might use that in place of the actual milk and still use the cream. Okay, I would try that okay. aspect because you just want to make sure that you have as much, you know, creaminess to it as you can, and I think that the higher fat is probably better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. And then, I mean, again, it's like kind of one of those things. Or you could do a third, a third, a third of two cups if you wanted to sort of, you know. But then you're not going to miss a little bit of that coconut flavor. So, yeah. Yeah, I would do it for the milk or for the milk. Okay. And then question number two, do you strain out the basil? Yes. Uh, Do you just let it infuse and then you strain it out before you turn it? Yes, absolutely. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Because you want it to sort of sit. And actually for the basil, I chop, chop, chop it so that it's kind of got, you know, so that it's been like kind of beaten up a little bit. And then I just let it sit in there and I stir it around, stir it around, stir it around. And then I strain it. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Will you send us a picture of how it works (laughs) or tweet us or something? Facebook? I will do that. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Okay. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Chris. And we have Dawn, who's on the line. Hi, Dawn. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I have one question, and that is, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be making Mai Tais for a get-together. And um, I'm not sure, can I, I'm going to make a picture of them. Can I make that ahead of time? And if so, how far ahead of time? Yes. Yeah. You can always make drink ahead of time. Um, okay. I would say make it, you know, before your guests arrive. So an hour or two Well, you two could before. make it today. I mean, like, it's, since it's, if you, as long as you're just doing the liqueurs and then I would put in like any juices or anything. So if you're doing like curacao and rum and all that kind of stuff, you can make, you know, it's basically white rum, lime juice, orange curacao, orgeat and dark rum. And I think you could okay. kind of put together all of those together, except maybe hold the lime juice. And okay. then at the very end, kind of throw the lime juice in and then throw them together. Okay. All yeah. right. I'll do that. Thank you very much. You Mai Tais, yum. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I actually made the blueberry gin and tonic as a pitcher drink for everybody. Yeah. And I had it all measured out in advance. It was awesome. Hi, Sally. How you doing? Sally, you oh, are on the air, Sally. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I am embarrassed because I think this is probably one of the most asked questions you've had, but how do I cure my cast iron Dutch oven that has rust all around it? Oh, so funny because I just had to do this twice. I have to do this when I get home today. 
How, Steph, how do you do yours? I don't. I, I. I. Don't I just scrub it? I was actually going to look it up. To be quite honest with you, I just found my cast iron sitting outside at the fire pit from last year. You guys. Okay, this is my yearly chore because we always leave them underneath our grill. <laughs> yeah. Um, I scrub them yep. with a scrubby steel wool. Yep. Or I use like an SOS pad. Okay. Even with the soap on it because I don't like all the rusty stuff. Yeah. Then I get okay. as much. I get as much of that off as I can, and then I uh, rinse really well dry. Then I oil the whole thing with like vegetable oil or Crisco, whatever I have. I'll use olive oil, but I don't love to use olive oil, but I have in a pinch because it starts to smoke if it's a super high heat. And then I put it in the oven and I cook it. For how long? Is that inside and out or just the inside for the oil? I do inside and out. I do the whole thing. The whole pan. Yeah. Okay. I If I'm going to just do it to do it, I'll do it at like 500 and I'll do it for like 10 minutes. If I'm going to oh. be cooking something, I'll just put it in my preheated oven. Yeah. And also if I've got an oven that is done cooking something and I take something out, I might throw it in and leave it in there just overnight. Yeah. Okay. And, if, and then I have a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I was going to say if it doesn't all the way do it the first time, then do it again. Because if it's okay. absorbing that too much and you're not getting kind of the finish that you want, then do it again. Oh, okay. And then I had a second um, kind of a throwback question. Okay. So, Stephanie Hansen, did you ever speak at a book fair? Probably. Did you see What's me speak the... at a book fair? <laughs> Was I <Yeah>. good? <laughs> well, yeah. With the Harry Potter book or something like that? Oh, no, that wasn't me. No, sorry, oh, wrong, Stephanie. Okay. Thank you, though. Well, I'm not great right, at well, the. Thank you, guys. I know that you get that the cast iron question. Oh, all that's the a time. question worth getting it every is. year. No worries. It's a solid. It's a solid question. Thank you, Sally. Um, yeah, I'm not a good Harry Potter person. I liked the books, but I'm not. You You're know, not. I'm not fandom. No. Here's a question that Rick had. He said, "I won't be able to listen to the portion of your show where you do ask Stephanie, but where can you find chicken breasts?" Either bone in or boneless that are not the size of turkey breast. It's crazy how big they are, and it makes them difficult to fry. Rick, I just cut them in half. So you get a big breast, and I just literally cut it in half with a knife so that I have two smaller thigh-like size breasty pieces. I would also say if you go to the co-ops, most of those natural chickens are not boosted to be bigger chickens. You know what I mean? If you're getting like... Uh, you know, the Katajan chicken, or if you're getting yep. um, any of like the Larry Schultz stuff, to me, those have not been huge. So I feel like that's better. All right. Although, uh, yeah. I would say that your best bet is to bone, to have the bones in when you're frying. I and not just cut boneless. Them. Yeah. Even but with the bone in them, I cut the through the bone. Yeah. Through them. I just huh. cut them in half, and then I have two kind of more manageable sized pieces. Okay. Good also, call. Uh, someone wants to know what our favorite way to use garlic scapes is. This oh. is for Laura. Yeah. Pesto. Yeah. Pesto or ground up in butter and then, you know, rolled and frozen. So you've got a garlic scape butter yep. situation. Do you know what I did? I put them in my uh, potato salad and I didn't do anything to them. They were raw and I just cut them into little like circles yeah. and they added both crunch and garlic so that I didn't have to put raw garlic in there. Mushrooms too. Uh, just with butter and mushrooms yeah. and garlic scapes are heaven. But you can use them raw. Like that's eggs. the thing is you don't have to cook. Yeah. I sprinkle them in, in scrambled mm-hmm. eggs without cooking them so that they get so that they're kind of crunchy that's the one thing i miss from my farm share is garlic scapes really yeah because we didn't grow any of that they're at 
the, I mean, they're at the co-ops right now. I know for sure no Harvest Moon in Long Lake has them. And okay. I grabbed a couple of them there. So I should check. Uh, yeah, I'm going to check that on the way out of town. All right. That is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Thanks to El Burrito. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with the top two in hour two.